0: Hello and welcome to Holly's Hotspurs, where I, your host, Holly Agambar, will be talking all the latest news and gossip, along with a few heated opinions on the club we all love, Tottenham Hotspur. Now you can watch this unfold live with me and my guests over on YouTube at my channel, Holly Agambar. But for now, let's sit back and discuss what has been happening at Tottenham. Hopefully, we've been living lavish. Hello and welcome to Holly's Hotspurs. For once, Tottenham are more entertaining than the line of duty and I never thought I'd ever say that in my lifetime. But there we go. With me today to discuss that 4-0 win, I have two great guests. First of all, I have Sam Chipek. Sam, how are you doing on this fine bank holiday Monday?
1: Yeah, doing all right. Thank you. Thank you for having me on this channel. Very happy to be here.
0: Uh, Thank you for joining me. And we also have the Irish Hotspur, otherwise known as David. David, how are you today as well?
2: Yeah, my am good. It's bank holiday. It's a perfect start to the week for me. And thanks very much for having me.
0: No, no worries. Thanks for joining me once again. And like we said, bank holiday, I'm not depressed after a, a Spurs game for once. Normally, I'm drowning my sorrows in gin. I mean, it wasn't. You wanted it to be a, a victory against these lot. But hey, I didn't think we'd get it no, in Tottenham at the moment. So just to start things off, normally go through the lineup, But I think we need to start with the main man of the show, which was... Gareth Bale so Sam I'll come to you first what are your makings of Gareth Bale against Sheffield United
1: yesterday well I'm just I'm happy that he got the hat trick against them um I don't know so um, having Gareth Bale has been quite difficult this season because obviously you know under Mourinho he wasn't really getting much game time that we would have liked to have seen of him and other times you know we didn't see good performances out of him but, you know, to see him score a hat-trick against Sheffield United, I think, is good. I mean, I hope we do get to see more of him of next season and maybe give him more of a chance because, let's face it, we've got Bell because, A, you know, there's there's still something about him even when he's been untreated fairly from the likes of Zidane at Real Madrid. And, B, as well, um, you know, it's just a sentimental end of the day. Um, you know, he was one of our best ever players to wear a Spurs shirt and... We do want to see more of him. And, you know, if you see a performance like that against a side that's 20th place, you know, maybe hopefully for next season, not to sound so negative about it, maybe he might be able to form against tougher teams where we haven't seen the best of him, if that makes sense. But overall, though, I'm very happy that Gareth Bell did get the hat trick and he deserved to get the hat trick as well. There were very good goals that he scored.
0: Yeah, it's interesting you said it as well, Sam, because he's actually got the chance to like yesterday to actually start. And I think we see the best of Gareth Bell when he does start. So, David, I'll come to you. Obviously, first goal was brilliant, the third goal was brilliant, but that second goal gave me glimpses of the old Bale. What do you make of that cracking effort from him?
2: Yeah, it was unbelievable. It was a great finish. Um look, all Trevory's goals are actually quality finishes, to be fair. He took them well, and that's that's the that's the thing that Gareth Bale can do when them chances present present themselves you, you're confident he's going to put them away um, in terms of Gareth I've actually had to change my um, opinion on him a little bit this season because I was all for him just sending him back to Madrid to play a bit of golf but now that I think about it a little bit he's been better uh, he's better stats than Lucas better stats than Berkline better than Lamella he's our be- third best attacking player in the team this year um, and up up until recently till he has started to fill that void every Spurs fan was talking about what we were going to do on the right-hand side. You don't really talk about that as much. So he has stepped in in that way. But, it's a hard one because it's the wages we're paying the guy. You know what I mean? Like, in fairness, he'd be a great player to have next year, especially against these um, bottom-of-the-table teams. You know, because you can guarantee that he's going to play well, he's going to score goals, and he's going to look good. But I do agree that it is the top, top teams that, you know, we need him to show up. But, has he really got the chances against the top teams? I don't know. I don't know, you know. Like, that that Arsenal game, I suppose you could say, but uh, he was dreadful, but the whole team was dreadful. But all in all, I probably would give Garibay another season, I time
1: Yeah, I agree with that.
0: Mm. I think it is interesting that you say about the money kind of thing, because I think, for me, that's the only thing that I'm really sitting here thinking... Would and it would Levy really invest more money into him? But then you've got to think about the shirt, the shirt sales that they get from him. But like, I don't really know, Sam. Where would you go for? It? Would you Levy, give another roll of the dice and let Bell stay, or would you really maybe give, send him back to Real Madrid? What's your kind of thoughts on that?
1: Well, you got to think about what's going to go, what's going to happen next season because a lot of clubs have been affected with COVID and it's going to affect finances. Therefore, and you know, if Bell, if Bell wants to carry on playing for us. And if Real Madrid are happy to let him play and you know fund a lot of his um, wages, we we have to take it. That's that's uh, that's the situation it's gonna be. The only way for us to try and sign some quality players is if we sell Harry Kane. That is, if another club buys him. But realistically, and clubs aren't gonna be able to afford him. And B, would you actually trust Levy to invest in another squad? I mean, do I need to bring back the two the year 2013-14 season where we bought uh, Kira Chess, Paulinho, um, Etienne Capu, who ironically got sent off against a scum the other day. I mean, for for, for me, you know, you want to keep attacking players. We, we have to just keep it how it is and just hope that Real Madrid are going to be generous towards us again. And we get to see another season of Bale. And, you know, I think I think I remember I could be mistaken on this, but I think there was an option to have him for an extras for an extra year yeah. when we made some form of agreement to have Gareth Bell. So I think we would be very silly not to take him, um, considering how he's performed the other day and our easy run of games, where, you know, I don't want to sound too hopeful, but I think we will see him a bit more on the score sheet with our easy run of fixtures coming up.
0: Yeah, it is just, interesting just... you mention that. Go on, Go on David. Sorry.
2: No, no, sorry you had a dime.
0: No, I was just going to say it's interesting you say that because obviously there's still this talk about top four and all this jazz. And to be honest with you, it's been up and down for months, if that makes sense. Like, it's nearly there. Is it there? Is it not there? And with this run of fixtures, maybe we, we'll see a lot of more of Bale. I mean, like Philip says, I mean, we mentioned that he hasn't really done anything at Ben's big games. But those big games, he kind of came off from the bench. And again, I don't think that's really his kind of vibe. I think he needs to start. He needs to be in the game from the off because, like we know, he's getting on a bit. And I think that his mentality, he needs to be on, in it from the off. I don't think he's type of players that you can just bring off from the mm. bench. I think he's disappeared. <laughs> yeah, it's just head.
1: disappeared. No, just touching <laughs> on your point, actually, about the whole bench thing. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think Gareth Bell will, it, would ever settle to be on the bench. Like, the whole point is, is why he was at, on the bench in Real Madrid was because, well, let's face it, he's, it, it, there was a lot of conflicts between him and Zidane, conflicts between him and the Real Madrid fans. Like, you know, me being, and, and I know this for a fact because um, half, a lot of my family are Real Madrid fans because I'm half Spanish and, um, I've, it's not the first time I've seen Real Madrid fans be very hostile towards their own players. And obviously, Gareth Bell was a huge victim of that. And I think, you know, to be at Tottenham, he will have that privilege and opportunity to be loved and to be given a chance. And I think, I think he will take it, to be honest. He, it's just when playing under a manager like Mourinho, you know, even a, apart from Harry Kane and Hyung Min Son, a lot of players. Faced a lot of weird challenges on what they have to do to get into that starting eleven, and I think you know, I, I, look, overall, without waffling, I think Bell does deserve another season at Tottenham. Like I said again, we'd be silly not to take Gareth Bell because who else are we going to sign as an attacking player that's played in the Premier League before and can perform like he performed at his best on his good day? We we, we have to see another season of him
2: it's not only that though, like what we'll end up shelling out of wages and probably work out about 15 million over the course of next season. You're not going to get a player in for 15 million that's going to be able to produce what Garabell can produce. But also with him coming in, he can also play up top. So if Kane does get injured, you can put Garabell up there, which means we yeah. don't have to shell out for Vinicius that 30 odd million they want.
1: You yeah. know, so
2: we can also use Garibald to double up there. So it probably would be a win-win situation for Tottenham next season. Yeah,
1: it's interesting think- you mentioned Vinicius actually. Why? Didn't, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm being off topic, but I, I was just like saying, why didn't we see him play at all in the cup final if we needed another striker instead of like bringing on, who was it? Was it Bergwijn that he brought on? Yeah. So, I don't know. It's probably off topic because we're talking about Sheffield United game. But yeah, I just me
2: personally, thinking out loud. Me personally, I actually don't think Vinicius is good enough though, Sam. Like for me, he's, he's had a lot of time to sit on the bench and see what he needs to do to be able to play in this Tottenham team which is, you know, make himself available for the ball. And he doesn't do it. Anytime I've seen him play, he just stands off the shoulder the centre-back. He, he he won't come looking for the ball. And sometimes as a striker, it's well and good doing that. But if you're not getting the ball, you have to switch up your style of play and be able to drop deep and, and get on the ball and affect the game. And he just hasn't done it. And for I me, partly like, agree I mean, with you A lot that. of teams he has scored against have, have been really poor teams.
1: Yeah, I do partly agree with you on that. But end of the day, I just feel like when you when you sign a player who's playing in the Premier League from the Portuguese League, and that's his style of play. Mm. He's going to... I don't know. I just feel like you will see players stick to that style of play and just see what they can do in the Premier League. But end of the day, if you've got a striker on the bench, you should be playing them regardless. And, you know, if you're going to bring on Bergwijn, who, let's face it, started off promising, but showed, you know, some very poor sides of his finishing, like against Liverpool, for example, at Anfield i just i don't know i just i could be wrong in saying this but i just rather would have seen vinicius personally if there was like any final hope not that it probably would have helped anyway but yeah
0: no i totally yeah. get that and when you think we brought in a second well a replace a second striker to accommodate Kane when he was injured we haven't really seen him that much in the premier league you sat there thinking well what was the point point? and that is a good point Sam, that you make there and and you as well david because I don't necessarily think he is good enough, but then who's going to want to sit on the bench anyway? Do you know what I mean? I, I think it's a strange combination to find any player that's kind of one going to do that dynamic. Um, but moving slightly
2: away, we have missed out on players like Callum Wilson when he was when he got relegated with Bournemouth. We could have picked him up and had him. He he would have been more than happy to come off the bench at Um mm-hmm. Troy Deeney, we were actually supposed to get in, and he wanted to come to Tottenham. Only that Vinicius came out and all, and was brought in probably because it was cheaper and because it was a loan. But, like, Troy yeah. Deeney would have given us more this season with, with, than Vinicius. And I feel whoever was in charge probably would have had more faith in bringing on Troy Deeney than what they do Vinicius or, or Callum Wilson than what they do Vinicius.
1: Well, it just kind of sums up why we got Vinicius in comparison of Troy Dini, because I've, I've said this before a lot about Levy in the past, but I just feel like he is someone that just lives in, like, the world of football in the year I don't know 2002 or 2003 where you're just um you know nitpicking and penny pinching on players and if you if you call yourself a top six side and if you honestly believe that you are a club that belongs in the super league that that sort of attitude isn't going to get you far at all as a club and that kind of does sum up a little bit about the signings that we got in the summer and why we got Vinicius instead of um, I'll say Callum Wilson, but Troy Deeney, though, I'm, I don't know. Like, I like Troy Deeney. I think he's a top guy, the way he comes across in interviews. But a footballer wearing a Spurs shirt, I don't know. Like I think it, you wouldn't be much better off if you had Troy Deeney instead of Vinicius. But that's, I don't know. I just feel like Troy Deeney was like a, quite a big fish in a small pond. But you bring him to Tottenham, I think we would have seen a very similar thing like we're seeing with Vinicius right now. So I don't even know if it would have made much of a difference, but you are welcome to disagree with that because we'll we'll never get a right answer out of that end of the day.
0: (laughs) It is an interesting conversation because like you said, I just, I don't know, I think there's a lot of players this year in terms of Jose's management in a sense that they just couldn't take criticism. And they just couldn't take the fact that maybe they're not they're not good enough or the fact, no, you're not putting the work rate in training, so I'm not playing you. And for some players, that's really worked. And you can see that through the likes of Kane and Son. And other players, it's just like they just can't be bothered and they don't want to step up to the mark. And I feel like that's kind of the running theme of this season. And then, obviously, going back to the game last night, I have to give credit to Serge Aurier. Now, lots of you know I'm not yeah. Serge Aurier's biggest fan. But I thought last night he played exceptionally well. So, David, I'll come to you first. What do you
2: make of Serge, obviously, because he managed to get, well, I think it was two assists last night, wasn't it, for Gareth Bale's both goals? Yeah, I know. But look, it's all well and good doing it against a team that are already relegated. For me, it's unforgivable what he done in the cup final. I called like that he was going to make that mistake in the cup final. You know what I mean? Give away a free kick in a stupid position. He's done it time and time again this season. He's cost us games all throughout his Tottenham career. And two assists against Sheffield United is not going to make up for that. Look, he had a good game yesterday, but you're playing against a team that are just really filling filling spaces and jogging about. They, they've not enough to play for. So, uh, with Serge, look, uh, I don't rate him at all. I do think he has to go. I think he's a big problem at this club.
0: No, I, I, I do get that. I mean, it is true. I don't know whether it's because there's rumours flying around that we do need a new right back. And the same that happened when Ducati came in. He decided to up his game, decided to do something. And I think last night he decided he was going to do the same. But like you said, it, it's the opposition again. So, that being said, Sam, do you think... Serge Aurier's time at Tottenham is fizzling out towards an end? Or do you think this might be a turning point for Serge Aurier to, against the down and outs?
1: No, I, I kind of disagree a little bit. Like, I I understand your point about his mistake that he made at City, but I've seen some good performances from Serge Aurier before as well. Like, is that type of person where... He, that type of player where you'd see him and you'd say like, yeah, he's done this, but you've also actually seen some good performances out of him and you don't want to nitpick off the negatives, if that makes sense. Because Aurea, as a right-back, I've seen him score goals. I've seen him really push forward. You know, you you don't see any of that from Doherty either, but, you know, it's Doherty's first season. He didn't really play as a right-back for Wolves either. You know, as more of a wing back or even sometimes a winger. So I think the problem with Aurea is is that if he just fixes his attitude a little bit and doesn't just be so rash, we'd honestly see the better of him. And we did see that, to be fair, the first half of this season. I thought Aurea was a changed man, but, you know, old habits just came back. But the only reason why I think we might see Aurea go out the door is because of his contract. And that the fact that we're gonna need that money to invest in something else. But we do to go off topic, we need to invest in defense anyway. But who are you gonna get? But I'm I still like Aurea, but I do also understand that there's just some stupid moments this guy does. Not as bad as the other defenders, some of them anyway. But Aurea in particular, you know, sometimes. You still see these stupid moments where it does cost us, and that's exactly an example against City when a player that shouldn't have even been playing scored it. But you know, it's tit for tat, really, isn't it?
2: For me, for me with George though, this guy, like, he struggles to be able to do the basics. Sometimes, most of the times you're watching him, it's taking him two, three times to get the ball under control. He, he he can't pass properly. You know, I I think people saying he's crossing. I think they overrate his crossing, to be honest with you. I don't think he's great. Um, for me, he's too brash to be a defender. He's way too rash to be a defender. He's always making stupid, calamitous decisions. And it, it, like the defence is a major problem. And if we want to start getting rid of players who are making mistakes and has cost us a lot of games throughout his Tottenham career, he has to be one of them. He has to go. And that's just my opinion. Look, I, I, I can see the arguments for but... For me, from what I see and what I want in a footballer, I technically I don't think he's good enough to play, um, the way we the way people want Tottenham to play. I don't think technically he's good enough, and defensively he's too rash. Like I said, he just makes too many brain dead decisions.
1: Yeah, you say that, but the problem is, you look at Or is the only person that is fast enough to track back. You know, Doherty, I don't see much of that. If anything, I just see him struggling to keep up with his uh, opponent or um, is the only one that actually does go forward to make the tackle, whether it's a good tackle or a reckless tackle. So if we're going to get rid of Aurea, we need to get rid of, we, we, we need to like find a better replacement, unfortunately, which we can't do because, you know, money is going to become an issue. Once this uh, transfer window opens, in my, honestly, you know, we're struggling for right backs, but I, w- I will just have to say it. Aurea is our best option as a right back. But unfortunately it's just a case that he's also a bit of a bad egg on the pitch. So it's a, it's a diff, it's a difficult one really, especially when your other option is a very passive right back who also gives the ball away a lot, but doesn't even bother to go in for a challenge compared to Aurea. So you, you're, the issue is, is who are we going to get rid of? A player that we've only had for one season or Oria basically. That's that's where it lies for me. You, 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 have one
2: you have one fight out on loan. He can come back. He can probably play right back. Um, and yeah. You have Hanganga. He, he could probably do a job there. But not only that, you can sell one of your left-sided players. You have Regulon, You have Ben Davies, Session and Serkin all over that site. You could probably sell Ben Davies you know what I mean, for a bit of cash and then invest it all on the right hand side because you'll have backup for regular.
0: I can kind of see where you're going with it. I just Foy, for me, he's playing really well, but bringing him back into the Premier League, I don't know if he's really got it in him, sadly.
1: Foy, sorry to interrupt you, Holly, but the thing about Foy is he's playing in a league that suits him more because in La Liga, you just have to be very tactical and clever with your passes. And that's why Foyth is benefiting. But if you've seen Foyth in the Premier League, he, I mean he's good at pinging a ball by all means. But the physical side of things, I've seen him struggle a lot. And I mean a lot. I mean
2: I remember but that. When he was mainly playing centre back though.
1: Yeah, that was when he was playing as a centre back. But even if you play as a right back, you still need You still need to be more than just tactical with your passing or your crossing. You know, you look at Foyt, he's quite, he's quite, he's, you know, he's a tall guy, but very slim. And, you know, can he, can he like, um, have the strength to hold off other players? And in La Liga, I'm not saying you don't need to do that at all because you, you'd still do, but it's not the same level as in the Premier League. We can all agree on that
2: one. Trent Alexander Arnold and, and, uh, Matty Cash, they're not the biggest.
1: No, they might not be, but they know. At least they know the game. But my my point is, is mm. that I don't think Foyth knows the game well in the Premier League, whereas in La Liga, considering that he's also surrounded by players that speak his language, yeah. you know, he's that's just kind of why he's finding it a bit easier, if anything. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't be happy personally to see Foyth. But you know, our issue, end of the day, look, I'm I'm not happy with the options of our defense. We've completely yeah. neglected the chances mm-hmm. to sign a centre-back, for example. I mean, I don't know why we never went for screener. So, that's that's, that's where our issues lie, really. We, we were once one of the best defensive, one of the best teams of a defensive side, but, you know, now we've gone rock bottom from that. It's
0: just, we've just tied our hands. We've They've rode the way for too long, think they can get away with it because we were performing okay, and now it's really hit them in the bum, basically. Once again, and like Scott says, it's money. That's it, it is it at the end of the day? I mean, yeah. we could loan, we could ship out surge, we could ship out Dog and then you've got the rest of the crap at the back that we've also got to deal with. I just don't think we're gonna be able to do it all, sadly. And I think like you said, and it's interesting you say obviously about surge's crosses, because don't get me wrong, I I don't think I don't think he beats the first man now and again. But yesterday. We actually saw something now. Whether yeah. that's because Sheffield United aren't the best team to play against, it doesn't matter. At least he beat the first man, and I don't know. Hopefully, maybe he can pick up some form from here. Like we said, maybe the new manager bounce and all that crap. Maybe we'll do something for search, but yeah. who knows? I just it's think all what...
1: good though, just beating these sides. But you know, what about the rest of the te- teams in our season? Like, where were those results? I'm not saying like we're entitled to have these score lines, but if we call ourselves a top six side and if we call ourselves a side that's eligible for the super league we well we haven't really behaved like that have we
0: no 100 percent, and it, it's just it's just bloody depressing to, to say the least but moving slightly away from all of that jazz i'm going to talk about the geo the sales so instant now yep. it was really difficult to kind of dissect what was going on, because when it first happened, I sat there and think, ah, oh, it's Gio, he's probably making a meal of it, because sadly, I think sometimes he does make a meal of things. Now, David, I come to you first. It, it really confuses me that VAR looks at offside by the thinnest of margins. Obviously, they ruled off Sons goal, fair enough, it's offside. But then VAR can't see that there's some intent there to hit, well, to stamp on Gio Celso's face. Now, we don't know whether he meant it or not, because we're not Fleck. But that being said, come on, when you stamp... A guy in
2: the head in this day and age of, of football It's got to be a sending off surely No look you, there, He's going to say Oh I was entangled with him There's nothing I can do First of all I looked at him He looked down at him before he done it He looked where his head was And then he smiled as well There was pure intent there Um And for me I don't understand how it's not a red card How can you give the Balbuena one last week You know um The one for the West Ham guy And not give that one yesterday It's absolutely insane and this is the problem with VAR. It seems like every game, they just make up the rules as they go along. You know what I mean? Today, one day, one day it's, it's a red, the next day it's not. You know, it, it, it's, it's an absolute disaster. It really is. And I, I don't understand how they missed it, to be honest. Maybe they just felt pity on them. And, you know what I mean? Look, they've had a bad season. Their manager's gone. They've only picked up 17 points all season. We were giving them an absolute whitewashing. Probably just felt bad for them, I'd say.
0: Mm, it's just so annoying and the fact that it's just so inconsistent this whole season. Sam, I'll come to you. What, what do you kind of make of it? Is it just that um, I don't even know, to be honest. I don't even know how to word it.
1: No, I, I can word it for you. These are, these are the official rules of football. You know, a, a flick or a passive aggressive move owns you a red card. You stamp on someone's face. You don't get a red card. What more can I say? <laughs> what? no, seriously. What more can I say? Like, don't get me wrong. I think the red card was deserved. Controversial opinion back at um, you know when we played Chelsea before COVID and we lost and Son got sent off for that whole thing between him and uh, I think it was uh, Rudiger. But a stamp on the face just doesn't want a red card. You know, it's 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 almost like you should say any like passive aggressive moves. You know, be it a flick or a slight slap on the face is a big is a big uh, thumbs down. But. You stamp on someone's face; it's a big thumbs up to carry on playing. It's just ridiculous. The rules of football have um, gone broken. I don't even think this is VAR as an issue. I just think we've got idiots in this country that run run this system. It's simple as because you see it in other leagues, like right? you see it in Bundesliga, you see it in La Liga, you see it in Syria, even in um, leagues like um, Israeli football, for example. You see referees literally in low-budgeted leagues get decisions right. But here it's just an absolute joke honestly honestly it's 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 a disgrace I, I, it was a blatant stamp on the face he had a mark on his face All right. if let's say the camera stopped working but you saw that he had a mark on his face but still the referees are dumb enough to not take any action against that, that that's pretty much what
2: it is it's just a joke do you any remember the red card that they gave son against chelsea i think it was yeah, last I,
1: season yeah i remember that yeah
2: yeah. Now, how can they give that one and not give the one on Gio yesterday? Well, no, I think that was a red
1: card, but that also should have been a more blatant red card than what Son got. Yeah. Like I, I already said it was a controversial opinion, and I do expect disagreements for that. But it's just disproportionate, end of the day, the way they run their rules. It's 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 a joke, <laughs> like stamping on someone's face. Which you know, if if Gio if if the stud went in his eye, for example, they. I wouldn't put it past them to still not take any action against that.
0: I just don't understand. Like, how can we see it and they just don't fathom that that's a red card or an act that's going to cause some sort of harm in, in any way? Like, I just, I don't understand it. It's just the inconsistency every week that well, frustrates you still
1: me. Oh, look at their CVs as well. Who are these people? Seriously, who are they? Not 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 to quote the way, like, how Nigel Farage said it in... Um, His last ever speech before we left Europe, (laughs) but who are they? Who the hell are they? Never heard of. We never heard of half of these people that sit. We don't even know some of their names that sit in that computer room and look at the replays. But yet they get a job to look through and make a decision on the most lucrative league of football in the planet, and completely disrespect and make this sport go down to so many levels of. To the point there where people will just have just get tired of watching it, like it's, it's a joke, honestly. Like, I, I know I'm rambling about this, but <laughs> you can honestly just think to yourself all night and lose sleep over it of um, how we have people like this running our league, running yeah. our sport. Do you know what I mean?
0: I'm with you. It's like it's supposed to be the best league in the world, but we've got dum dums on the pitch ref and it, don't make sense at all. At all. But anyway, moving slightly away from that, I want to talk about Sonny because obviously I think Sonny in recent weeks hasn't really been on his A game. But obviously, he got no. that lovely finish yesterday. So, David, what you make of Sonny? Do you think he's maybe, I don't know, trying to find some more energy from somewhere? Obviously, we saw him devastated uh, in the cup final. But again, I don't think he really gave anything in that cup final to warrant those tears. So that being said, were you happy that you got the score sheet yesterday?
2: Um, look, he's he's had a tough couple of months. I thought him, hasn't he? You could see the relief on his face when he got the goal, but he also got an assist yesterday. And I actually looked at him yesterday. I thought he had a fresh haircut, and I did say Son would get a golden assist on that. He's long yesterday, and he did. But um, with Son, look, he had a, he came flying out the traps this season and kind of died off. But look, you could see you you could see the the joy on his face and the relief on his face once he scored yesterday. And I was delighted for him. I I, I love the guy. Uh, and just back to the tears after the cup final, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? Like, it, it's all well and good, like, you know, crying there and saying, oh, it means mm. this much to me, I'm in tears. But in the day, show me the actions on the pitch. I'm sick of all this, you know, play acting and all this stuff on Twitter and we're going to win today, guys. We want revenge, all this sort of shit. And just show me an action, show me on the field. You know, that's where I want to see that you you love this club and you want to be you want to win games and stuff like that but with Sonny look I just think it's been one of those I, I, as the team's got poor Son's got poor with it you know Jenk um, from um, Sports yes, yesterday made an, um, an interesting question and he was like uh, do you think Son is maybe a purple patch player and in a way he probably is what do you think?
0: Uh, sorry I, I was mid-reading comments what did you say sorry David went with it um,
2: do you think Son is a bit of a purple patch player?
0: Uh
2: a bit like Jermaine the right. Fourways, hot, hot for a few months, and then. You mean like he's
1: inconsistent? Mm. Um. Yeah, I mean, I actually wanted to touch on some of those on some of the things you said there because, um I think the, you know, regardless of, I- I'm going to be dead honest here. I was, I was annoyed when I saw that performance, and Son was then crying after that, but end of the day you know son's just son is a human being who will show emotions different to some other people might after a game of football but i think it just confirmed that you know going a bit off topic that we do live in a bit of a, a bit of a world of toxic masculinity because i just i don't like it when i see people take the piss out of someone for crying if that makes sense and I've seen, you know, even other Tottenham fans doing that. And, you know, in the kickoff that True Geordie hosts, when um, that Man United fan was um, basically full on taking the piss. But thank God there was one sensible person in that panel that was pointing out toxic masculinity. I think the end of the day, you know, besides from all the crying, we've seen some good moments from Son this season. And, you know, we're at the moment seeing not so very good moments moments from Son and it was just good to see him get a goal and I think we should just go from there and hope that he can um up his performance from there because let's face it after Kane who's going to come next in the equation because it won't be anyone else but Son
0: Hmm. I'm glad you put it out uh Sam because I I was annoyed that he was crying after that cup final but again I suppose it's how different people cope with different things I just think for me it was like if you showed a bit more passion, maybe on the pitch, maybe those yeah. tears might have been warranted. But I can understand what you're saying. And I never really thought about it in that kind of light. So I'm glad you brought it up.
1: Well, I'm just, I'm only bringing it up because, you know, not not, not from any of you, too, because both of your points have been, you know, valid and within reason. Because even I said myself, you know, admittedly after the game, when I'm seeing Son cry, I'm like, oh, here we go again. Here come the memes. But, I just didn't didn't like what I saw from other Tottenham fans, from rival fans, from opposition fans about crying because, you know, the reason why he cried is because he's a human being. Yes, I'm annoyed, but at the same time, you know, some players would have just walked off and say, well, that's another cup final down the drain, but at least I'm taking my wages. That's all that matters. But Son, you know, he'll, he'll express it in a different way. Agree or disagree with it, he's still... He's still a human, and, you know, everyone I get that. tries. But the thing is, you, you, you,
2: like, expect rival fans and, and people to have to say, at the end of the day, they're 100 grand a week footballers. And whether people like to accept it or not, these guys take the money to be in the public eye. So they're out there for criticism, and that's just the nature of life.
1: Yeah, I accept that is the nature of life. But like I said, you know, wh- whatever opinions you want to have, that's fair enough about it. I already said to the I got annoyed about that, but I just didn't like how it invited so much toxic masculinity from rivals, especially a Man United fan saying, well, that's what, that's what he gets or saying he needs to like man up or stuff like that after, you know, when that whole VAR incident happened against Man United. I don't know. I just wanted to raise a point on it because it seemed to have not been spoken about that much,
2: but yeah. But just on United, just on United fans saying like the man up part, I think, I think what they mean is, is like, you know when you look at united players all over the years they never never really had that weak mentality they're all like strong men well able to look after themselves on our pitch on the pitch our players have always fallen yeah. always fall at the final hurdle and it, and that's probably why is because they don't have the mental strength and whether people like to believe it or not mental strength plays a massive part in being a footballer you look you look at um adult rat and and um, that other guy from united what's his name um oh Ravel Morrison. Yeah, you Ravel have all Morrison, the ability yeah. you want in the world, you can have all the ability. If you don't have it up here, you're never going to win things.
1: Yeah, no, no, no. That's also true. Listen, it's all it's all valid points. End of the day, but you know, if you're just gonna be, if some people are just gonna be a twat about it and just say something for like likes or tweets or for TikTok videos or whatever, then I'm just gonna point out. I'm just gonna point it out because. It's just a decent, as a human, Mm. to accept that we're all human. But like I said, annoyed about the performance, annoyed about the result, annoyed about the actions, whatever the list goes on. Um, I think we're blabbing a bit. So, um, Holly, (laughs) if you want to like raise the next topic, by all means.
0: No, it was interesting. And and like we kind of taken this, I just hope Sonny can now push on and hopefully he does sign that contract. Because like you said, we've got to keep our star players because... (laughs) I don't know how we're going to cope if we lose the likes of Son or the likes of Kane. So, David, I come to you. Obviously, I thought Kane yesterday didn't look his normal self. And I don't know whether that's because he didn't get on the score sheet or what have you. Do you think there's something going on in the back of his head? Do you think he might be looking elsewhere now? Or do you think he's going to stay because Sonny's performing again or Sonny's back in the right frame of mind? What's your kind of take on it? I know it's a bit of a difficult question.
2: Yeah. Um I don't know, I look like, he looked like Nusa Sissoko there yesterday, you know, the way he was playing, some of the, some of his touches and his controlling and that, but I suppose he's just ultimately disappointed after the cup, isn't he? He's probably suffering a hangover, and yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably say he does have a lot going on in the back of his mind, um, you know, it, does he want to leave Tottenham to go and win trophies? Um, does he stay at Tottenham and grind it out and hopefully gets the reward for it? So... You know, look, he, he's a lot of decisions to make because it's not only that, it's family life. Does he uproot his family and go where he needs to go to go and win trophies and stuff like that? So, there's a lot surrounding it. And as well, like, like you know, he's torn between records. He's want the Premier League record and, and to try and beat Jimmy Greaves' record, you know, and this, that, and the other what clubs. So, there probably is a lot going on in his mind. But look, it's not really an excuse for his performance yesterday. He was poor against City. Uh, well, not poor against City, but he, he didn't have a great game against City either. So... It's two bad games. So, yeah, he probably does have a lot going on in his mind, but it's not really an excuse. At the end of the day, he's paid to play football for Tottenham, so get out there and do it. Mm.
1: Dare I say yeah. this, but I think the best I've ever seen Harry Kane play is under Jose Mourinho, if I've got to be honest with you. Yep. Because before the, all that, I just thought he was a world I thought, you know, he was a world-class scorer, but not quite a world-class striker. Well, under Mourinho, he's... Performed as a world-class striker because he don't just score goals, he sets up the creativity. And now playing under Ryan Mason, where Harry Kane was playing as a world-class goal scorer, in my opinion, when Ryan Mason was playing for Tottenham at the time, it just changes it, it changes everything, in my opinion. And um, I think since Mason has taken over, you've seen a bit of a change of Harry Kane's style of play. That's my opinion on it.
0: Hmm and I'm, yeah. I'm glad you kind of put that out because I'm not saying I, I was Jose's biggest fan, but when Jose said he was going to take Kane from here to there, he definitely did that. He did. 100%. Yeah. We saw the
1: best of Harry Kane. Doesn't matter about trophies. Performance-wise, he's playing like... He's... um. Well, no, I wouldn't quite go as far <laughs> to say he's playing like a Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo in the Premier League, but he's playing as a 10... You know, up to a 10 times better version of Harry Kane. Mm. And... That's and he did deliver on one thing at least.
2: What he done? What he done with Harry Kane? Though is with Harry Kane as Tottenham fans were always saying, don't take him off. If the ball comes from or chance comes to him, he's going to finish. We we're talking about him being clinical, but now we're talking about him being able to, you know, pick up the ball, play play players in. He's kind of almost given him another position to play. Really, a bit later on in his career, where he can kind of drop back to a number ten, and. Um, you know, and just start spraying balls left, right, and center. He's kind of made him a bit the Brainesque really. And with, with his combination of finishing, he's definitely took him into the, the the realms of, I'm going to say, the best striker in world football.
1: Yeah, definitely. The best striker in Europe, without a doubt. Um, yeah, it's just, um, like, like I said, I just noticed a bit of a downhill performance since Mason has yeah. taken over, I'm afraid to say.
0: Mm. and yeah. that's the thing that worries me as well because obviously we brought Jose in to try and win something and it didn't happen is Kane going to want to wait around for another project, this is the thing that really concerns me
1: I'm not so, blame him if he wants to go
0: No, I wouldn't blame him either but it, for a, from a Tottenham fan kind of perspective I'm going to sit here and think we're going to be absolutely screwed because like you said we're, we're selling out, we get money in and then I'm not guaranteed that the board are going to spend the money wisely we're never no. going to be able to recuperate a cane in a sense or a couple we'll have to buy a couple of players to even get near to that. And I don't think the board will be capable of of doing it properly if that's gonna be any way forward. I, I really don't know. I'm just worried at the moment. But again, like I said, I wouldn't blame him. But then I'm thinking to myself, who on earth are we gonna put in? That's that's the trouble for me. But moving slightly I'll carry on, David, One.
2: Yeah, no, sorry, just if, if you were to get the money for Harry Kane, you're you have to buy a centre attacker midfielder and a striker. And, and players of quality. and a centre-back so you you have to but, but with Harry Kane you have to you have to buy that creative player and that finisher you're not going to get another player like Harry Kane in World Football that can do that job that he does so you're going to have to not only shout out on two players if you want to score goals that season um, but you also have to improve your defence to stop leaking goals so with Harry Kane going we're going to be in a world of pain an absolute world of pain
1: yeah it's just uncertainty at the moment because we don't know He wants, let's face it, he does want to go and I don't blame him and he's got my full blessing um, that he wants to go. But we don't know if he's going to go and we're just not prepared of what to do when he goes. And I've got no trust in his board reinvesting on the right players that we need. You know, you look at players like Leicester when they lost Harry Maguire for 80 million and look how they are now, the way they reinvest on the right players with correct scouting. Let's not forget as well the players like Ungolo Kante and Riyad Mahrez, where they came from in second division French teams. But these scouts looked at them and noticed and recognised their pure, true talent and were clever enough to understand that these are the sorts of players that can thrive in English football and then end up becoming champions of England. Not once, but more than twice for each of them in different clubs. But this is Tottenham and we've had players like Stambuli, Kira Chess, um, Nkudu, Clinton and Ja, And look where they are now. So that's why I just genuinely do not have much faith on this board for when Kane or if Kane goes and how we move on from there. It's just purely by luck of players that we might sign that might be good, but also youth players. I mean, at this rate, we'd have to rely on Dane Scarlett to become the next Harry Kane
0: you don't really want to put all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. And that's the thing that worries me this board, which kind of moves into the next point, which is this Enic protest. Now I am 100% going because I've just had enough. I've seen one cup in my lifetime and it's just depressing. So I just want to throw it out there to you guys. I mean, I think that it's a unanimous, a unanimous answer, which is in the sense that we all want Enik out. I think that's just the easiest way to put it. So David, I come to you. Do you think this protest is, is going to be a good thing in a sense?
2: Um, yeah, of course it is. But it's only going to be a good thing if we get numbers. Right now, we're a laughing stock on the pitch. We're a laughing stock in the manager situation. We're a laughing stock in the transfer market.
0: Yeah. We're
2: also a laughing stock after our last protest compared to all the other protests that have gone on. So yeah. I, I'm encouraging every fans this is our time to be the ones to actually represent and put a bit of pride back in this badge by turning out in numbers, showing that we do care. Because turning out in low numbers like they did last time. Enoch well, are laughing. I'm... Enoch are absolutely <laughs> laughing at it. They're, they're like, this is what we want. So we need to mobilise in numbers in order for these guys to wake up and listen.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, there were some blokes with guitars in the last protest. <laughs> <Do> you know, <laughs> Do you know what I mean. Like, mm. we we need to show Even that we actually because <laughs> yeah, because at this rate, we're, we're just going to make those Muppets down the road from us. And, you know, those, I won't swear, but them lot from West London look like better fans than us. And we can't have that. We genuinely can't have that. And um, if you really care about this club, then the plot is in the pudding. And just go there and let them know that you can't really take our souls because they don't belong to you simple as Mm. we made the club, Billy Nick would be fuming if he was alive right now, looking at how we play as a club right now when we've had so many opportunities to up our level. So show that you care because they don't. Mm.
0: And It's about time we make a stand because there's people saying, oh, what's the point? This, that and the other, but that's the attitude you get and you just roll over and they win again. You need to actually show up to these things and, People are getting confused. It's not the 16th. It's still the 15th, I believe, obviously, because the Villa game's moved. But it's yeah. still the 15th. So, as long as people can rally up and get there, I'll definitely be there um, to uh, shout at that egg at the top. But regardless of that, I just want to move slightly away from Enik and stuff and just quickly dissect against the Leeds game as a little preview type thing. So, what yeah. are your guys' thoughts for the Leeds game, Sam? I'll start with you first.
1: Well, like I said, I'm not, I'm not too excited about anything at the moment right now. But... You know, we should really be, we should really be winning against um, Leeds. But it's just end of the day, Ryan Mason's just here as a for for experience, and um, I th- I feel like our season really ended after our cup final, and I don't, I just don't care anymore about the rest of this season. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's just dead, it's gone, and um, if we don't win against Leeds, well. I won't care as much either. If we win, I'm very sorry to say.
0: We're just kind of numb to it. Well, I think that's kind of the vibe at the moment. Um, but <laughs> yeah. David, what's your kind of thoughts for the Leeds game?
2: Yeah, look, I, first of, I, I can see where sounds coming from. I can understand the disappointment. But honestly, when I look at that badge... I'm just attracted to it. I can't not get excited for a game. No matter, like, you know, I get excited for preseason games at 3 o'clock in the morning over in the USA. I love it. Um, so, for me, I'll always still be excited for the game. But in terms of Leeds, look, we should be beating them, to be honest with you. They lost uh, Team 2-0 to Brighton during the night. Their season is kind of petering out. Like, with the yeah, team um they, 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 they play solid for about... Um, two-thirds of the season and the last third they kind of phase out because of all the training and the intensity and know, starts to take its toll on them so look we, sh- we should beat Leeds in fairness we should be beating them handy enough and um, they-, they are dangerous going forward but they're also suspect at the back so we should be taking full advantage of that just play a bail Kane and Son that should do the job uh, and we should get an easy three points there but Sam I do want to say to you man just for these last four games, man. Try and get up for them. You know, sit there with a smile on your face watching your team play because you're gonna have all summer with we yeah. we're not being able to watch the play. So, just, just for the for these few games, man. Just sit there, let's cheer them on, and let's get them over the line.
1: No, four, I, I would do, mate, mate. I would do, but uh, this these past few days have just been really like, yeah. Nah, I forget about it. But yeah, you you're you're right in some ways. But yeah.
0: No, it is, I think the trouble is I was like this a couple of weeks ago and I was like, what is the point? And then I thought to myself, without football, I've got nothing else to look forward to. So I was like, yeah. I might as well try and cheer up. So I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting these last couple of games. Like we said, I, I don't want to even mention top four because I've been saying this for months now. It's on. It's not on. It's on. It's not on. Um, But who knows? This crazy season that it's been. I mean, can you imagine after all the crap we've been through that we managed to get top four? I, I just, <laughs> I just don't. to be. <laughs> no. <laughs> I
2: mean,
1: even if we do get top four, I don't know. Like it would be good if we get top four, but it would just be like by default. If I got to be honest with you, like we we never really deserve top four, and you know the the only reward we'll get is something that we'll need for sure, which is um, finance out of it. But where do we go from there? Because we haven't won any silverware. At this rate, top four would be a form of silverware for us. But how do we know what the season would look like after that? Or what manager we hire? It's not even about what manager we hire. It's about whether we'll get rid of the dead wood and get a new defence. And how that new defence would settle if we actually do put our money where our mouth is. So... It's it's gonna, yeah, it's just one of those things, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's a lot of uncertainty. And I think for us Spurs fans, what we've been put through, say, with the league, getting rid of Jose, then the Super League, then all that, I think it's just come to a head. And I think a lot of us, like, Sam, I, I get you 100%. It is quite hard to watch Tottenham at the moment. Um, but I just thought to myself yesterday after we beat Sheffield United, I was actually thinking, yeah, okay, they're down and out. But hey, I've actually seen my my team score some goals and it actually count for three points. I thought it was a madness, yeah. It was a miracle, <laughs> but no, and, nah. and a clean like madness.
1: Uh, like, I can't felt. lie. After our goal, we never even spoke about this. But when Son's goal got denied, I just thought they were going to equalize. After that, I was just waiting for it, expecting <laughs> it.
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, I mean, it's it's crazy the way things are gone because the way we just preempt things now. And I think it's it's just the way we set ourselves up. That's how depressing this season has has literally got us to turn into that kind of mindset. And I hope next season things are different. But again, we've got to wait for who we appoint. We've got to wait for who we bring in, who shifts out. I think being a Spurs fan at the moment, it is quite a dark place because we don't have a clue what's going on. But like I said, the 15th, if you want change, you want something to happen, I know someone in the comments said they're, they're not the worst. Okay, yeah, they're not the worst, but I'm bored of mediocrity. I'm bored of it. Yeah. I'm bored of being the team that never gets over the line. They've done wonderful things in facilities and the stadium, but imagine if for COVID wasn't.
1: Thing, to be honest with you,
0: imagine if COVID wasn't a thing. Right, they would have had Gun and Roses in there. They would have had Lady Gaga in there. They would have NFL in there. I don't yeah. think half of that money would be spent on the team. That would be straight into their pockets and funding their other ventures. So for me, I, I think they've done great it's time to move on i think that's just the way we need to move forward so if you are about the 15th and you are a spurs fan make sure you are at the lane because we need to yeah. make our voices heard um i just want to round things up i want to say a big thank you to sam for coming on today yeah. um i really appreciate it where can everybody find you sam and the things you do
1: yeah i just have a youtube channel just subscribe to that or follow me on instagram um i'm, I'm better known as chip Heck, to be honest by my surname so um, just type that in and uh you'll find my stuff uh YouTube channel or Instagram page, pretty much.
0: Cheers, Sam, I appreciate it. And David, where can they all find your
2: stuff? Yeah, you can find me over at the Irish Hotspur here on YouTube, I'm um, on the big push for three K subs and uh, on Twitter, it's at the Irish Way, why not throw me a follow?
0: Love it. And I just want to say thank you to you both once again. I do really appreciate it. And until next time, thank you to everyone in the chat. Like yeah. I said, you know I'm awful at pulling things up when I'm trying to oh, post chat and things. <laughs> you have I to make sure not. you
2: subscribe to Holly. She's putting out fantastic content. She brings yeah, fantastic, fantastic content and creates good shows and good panels and great discussions. And uh, I like Holly was nervous about doing live streams before she ever started doing them, so you know what I mean. And she's absolutely flying and doing a fantastic job. So please subscribe to Holly.
0: Cheers, David. Cheers, Sam. Um, and until next time, everyone, come on, you spurs.